Um, today we're talking as Pentecost, and um, you'll see where I'm going in a minute, but I'm going to start with, um, have I got a PowerPoint? There it is. Oh, I've not got it up there. Ooh. That's going to confuse me now. <laughs> um, basically, FTSE 100, Dow Jones, oh, man alive. Um, I kind of glaze over a bit, and uh, I'm not really sure what to do about sort of money, and if you go on the BBC website and look at business, you kind of think, oh, I haven't got a clue what to do about this. But I guess, oh, I'm getting a bit carried away. I guess most of us are aware of the recession, kind of figure that out. And this thing about Greece has come up. Should they leave? Should they not leave? I don't know. I haven't got a clue what's going on. I, I looked in the newspapers to find what this might mean. And... Um, Many people had an opinion. I found this in the Telegraph. They, they said, the Greek bailout, what does it mean and why is it happening? That was helpful. Not so helpful, perhaps, was the Guardian, who offered, um, Greece, what does it mean for your holiday? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you make of that what you like. This question, what does it mean, is really important for today. Um, we're celebrating Pentecost. 2,000 years ago, something quite amazing happened. It left a crowd of over 5,000 people utterly stunned with the words saying, what does this mean? What does this mean? Because they were so confused by what was happening. Now, Imagine it, there's our crowd, it's one of the busiest days of the year in the Jewish calendar and Jerusalem is completely packed with people celebrating the giving of the law, giving the law to Moses. And, um, you know, that is very simply, that would be like the Ten Commandments and some are easy, like do not kill, uh, some are maybe less easy, like don't cover your neighbour's ox. Not sure, maybe. But on this day, in the bustling crowd, we have a bunch of working-class, ordinary fishermen standing up before the crowd, and they have caused it to, sh- to say to each other, what does this mean? What does this mean? And so, well, let's read what happens that day in Acts 2. You can either look it up, or it's going to come up on the screen. Ta-da! There we go. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's these disciples, these working class fishermen, followers of Jesus. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderness because each of them heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking from Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, 
Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own, lang- in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Okay. Jesus' disciples here, they've witnessed the death of their leader, followed very closely by the resurrection. They're together in Jerusalem for these festivities. And Jesus has specifically asked them to wait. Wait here. Don't go anywhere else. Wait until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, came many occasions. And when the Holy Spirit came, it came on specific people who were going to be prophets. They were going to say or do something specifically for God. And then it would leave them, this generally as a rule. It came generally for a limited time on specific limited people. But here we see something completely different. We see the spirit comes and after some kind of weird phenomena, wind and fire and stuff, we read in verse 4 the following. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So all of them were filled. This is very specific because from now on, it's not just the few, it's the all, all who are following Jesus. And many of us know that speaking in different languages is not that easy. I spent three years in an Arabic country I had Arabic lessons every week. I don't speak Arabic. (laughs) I am completely linguistically challenged. But here we have very ordinary guys who maybe haven't had much education. They don't really know very much. They're They're Aramaic speakers. And here they are speaking in all these different languages. They are now fluent in Greek and Arabic and Latin And they're there and they're speaking. And they're not only speaking, but they're confident. These are guys who would never get up and now in what would be the equivalent of Speaker's Corner in Jerusalem. And they're literally declaring the wonders of God. And naturally, of course, this crowd is utterly amazed. Utterly amazed. They asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? It's a reasonable question, isn't it? Completely reasonable. Amazed and perplexed at the surprising occurrence, they asked one another, what does this mean? And today we're going to watch Maria get baptised. And you might know her. Like Reese was saying, he, he is inspired by watching her. You know, he was, 
He's been watching her life very closely, and I'm sure her friends have as well. And they've seen something different. Maybe something, some of her friends have seen something a little bit strange. We heard her talk today about how when she first prayed, she just felt so different, like a weight had been lifted off her. And I'm sure those that are close to her or know her have seen an observed change. And like the crowd that day, some of her friends will be amazed, some will be perplexed, some will be wondering, what does this mean? She's a bit different now. And others might have drawn their own conclusions. Maybe they'll think, well, it's the influence of Reese on her life. That's what's been the difference. And the people that day drew their own conclusions and they thought that maybe these people were drunk. Seems a bit weird to me. It wasn't God doing something, but rather it was them doing something. So let's see what Peter says as a way of explaining this. It says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem... Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So Peter, straight away, he brushes away this idea that this is something to do with these men. Obviously, the pub's hadn't quite opened at that time in the morning, similar to here. Um, He tells them right from the start that hundreds of years ago, he reminds them that the prophet Joel, a man who was filled with the Spirit of God and then was able to talk, spoke about a day when God's Spirit would be poured out like rain, just rushing down on people. And not just on the few, but on all people. But what does that mean? Well, like we've said before, the Spirit is no longer a fleeting visitor. The Spirit is here to stay. The Spirit of God is poured out. And Maria, as you walk in your life now with Jesus, you'll be aware that the Holy Spirit's there. And when you read your Bible, the Holy Spirit's going to be walking alongside you as like a personal coach for your life. So when you're looking at it, you're thinking, what does that mean? The Holy Spirit is going to be there to explain it to you. You just need to ask him. And I've found that time and time again. When I've looked at the Bible, I've thought, what does this mean? I've started praying. And then a few days later, if not straight away, suddenly it's come into my head, of course, that's what it means. And that's because you've got the Holy Spirit now. And secondly, what does it mean? Well, it meant this Messiah had come. And it's easier to think of the Messiah maybe just as king. This is what Peter says about it. Brothers, I tell you confidently that the patriarch David, that was King David, died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, someone who speaks the truth about who God is and what he's saying. And he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. 
Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ or King. That he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus or Saviour to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and heard. And then in verse 36. Doesn't work. There we go. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter directly tells them that the long-awaited new and permanent king has come and they've killed him. But more than that, proof that he was the long-awaited king, the one prophesied about, is that they were unable to. He has risen from the dead. And these guys, talking in different languages, have seen him. In fact, the New Testament tells us that over 500 people at one time saw Jesus, along with his close friends and relatives. He was real and they could touch him, they could talk to him, they could walk with him. And the sinking reality over the crowd was that when God had come to them in human form, their king, their Messiah, they had killed him. They had rejected him. They didn't believe he was from God. They rejected what he taught. They chose to live their lives and believe that he was a liar and full of delusions. But... With that realisation and this obvious change of signs, sign of change in these men's lives, we read in verse 37, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And when we hear what's said of Jesus, that he was God, that he performed wonders and miracles, that he was raised from the dead... Like these men, we sometimes were tempted to think, I'm not really sure that's all true. But when we see people's lives change, when we see people like Maria, and we see her testimony, and we hear what God's done in her life, there's something in us that niggles a little bit and suggests, maybe this is actually true. Maybe this is for me. And so like the crowd, we might be asking, what shall I do? And Peter said to the crowd, exactly the same as you would get today if you were asked, what shall I do? Peter replied to them, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Saviour and King, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. So repent and be baptised. Repent meaning to completely turn around. 
You're following a direction of me, me, me. And you turn and say, no, I'm not going to lead anymore. I'm going to let God lead my life. And be baptized like Maria's doing today to publicly show anyone who wants to see that you are now following Jesus. As you go under the water, symbolic that you've said sorry to God for living your own life. As you come out of the water, you're living a new life, symboling that you've started again, walking this time with Jesus. I'm going to pray in a minute for anyone who has not yet started to walk with Jesus. Maybe there's a little inkling in you that maybe this might be true. Well, why not just jump out today, pray the prayer, and see what happens. Maria said when she first prayed, she felt something amazing. And that isn't what happens with everyone. But sometimes it does. Let's just now, let's come before Jesus and ask his Holy Spirit to speak to us. Let's pray. Dear God, I admit that I have lived a life as if you did not exist or matter to me. I've done things that you would not want me to do. I want to say sorry for them now and ask that you would forgive me and help me live for you. I believe that Jesus is from you and I want to learn more about who he is and why he came. Please help me to do that. Amen. If you um, have prayed that today and you would like to learn more about who Jesus is and why he came, then we run regularly a course called Christianity Explored that asks those exact questions. Who is Jesus and why did it come? Um, If you like to know about the course, it's very relaxed. You can come and see me afterwards. I'll chat you through it and maybe we can get you on the next course. Now, come back to John.